Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week podcast. My name is Holly Moon. I am the Chair for Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week for the Association of Fundraising Professionals, Tampa Bay. The episode that you're about to listen to was recorded remotely for safety reasons, and as a result, you might hear some funky audio, so just stay tuned for this fantastic story. This episode features Craig Holden from Manning and the Pier. This podcast is hosted by Wilma Norton from Community Foundation Tampa Bay. Thanks, Wilma. Welcome to another episode of the Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week podcast. I'm Wilma Norton from Community Foundation Tampa Bay, and today I'm talking with Greg Holden from Manning and Napier, one of the sponsors of Philanthropy Week. Hi, Greg. Hi, Wilma. It's so great to be with you this morning. It's always good to see you. Can you tell us a little bit about you and about your firm and how you became involved in uh, philanthropy in general, I guess? How about that big question for this morning? All right, yes. I, I'll, so I'll give you some bite-sized pieces and then you can decide where, where to delve in from there. Um, so about me, I, I am uh, someone who tries to pretend like I am from St. Petersburg. I love it here. I love this region so much that I want everybody to think that I was born here and grew up here. And that's why I'm so invested. Um, but I, um, I'm, I'm from elsewhere. I, was, I grew up in the Southeast. I uh, went to college in Ohio. Um, had some great influences early in my life uh, that got me connected in philanthropy, in nonprofit, uh, you know, service to the community, and it really set me on my path. Um, and so that's continued throughout my life. Um, and in fact, it was a nonprofit that connected my wife and I uh, that I stay involved with uh, a summer camp up on the coast of North Carolina that's uh, that's related to the YMCA. Um, so I found my way to Florida chasing her, and that was also what brought me to Manning and Napier. Uh, Manning and Napier is now a 51-year-old, $22 billion wealth and investment management firm. Uh, I've been there 12 years, and I am the managing director of wealth management. For us, wealth management includes the work we do with high net worth individuals, private clients, as well as the work that we do with endowments and foundations. Um, and for us, those tend to overlap a lot. Most of our individual clients have commitments and passions for nonprofits that they're involved in. And likewise, many times we get involved with nonprofits professionally and end up meeting great individuals that are board members or volunteers there. So, you know, for the 50 years of Manning and Peer, it's been a very philanthropically oriented firm, both in what we do professionally with the clients that we work with in the nonprofit space, but also very much so as volunteers and supporters of philanthropy and nonprofits um, in, in the work that our employees do uh, out in their respective communities. So I, you know, I'm here in St. Petersburg, obviously, um, and the Tampa Bay region. Uh, our firm is headquartered in Western New York and has a, a strong presence in several communities up and down the East Coast where we are very committed to nonprofits across the board. Well, and I've known you for a number of years and I didn't know until recently that you, A, did not grow up here and B, for the first few years that I knew who you were, I thought you worked in philanthropy. So <laughs> then I'm doing it right, right? <laughs> so why is that why is that important? Why is that important way in an important way for not just the firm, but for you to spend a lot of your time? 
you know, it was uh, simple for me. My dad uh, and my mom were both very community oriented. So I grew up having lots of fun memories. You know, my dad was very involved with Rotary, with the Red Cross, it, you know, and, and so as we moved around um, as kids, you know, my brother and I got involved in a lot of of charitable pursuits, you know, both, you know, on a kind of formal level with events and on an informal level, doing a lot of, you know, of kind of, uh, you know, grassroots sometimes is maybe the wrong word, but just more hand-to-hand helping other people. And so, you know, this idea of service, um, you know, carried through, uh, you know, my dad was involved in, in Boy Scouts and, and never made it to the, the highest rank there. His ego is very important to him that my brother and I started earlier and, and got to do that and complete that uh, before what he calls the fumes, uh, which if anybody who's involved in scouting knows the car fumes and the perfumes, you know, are always the thing that, that prevent um, young men, uh, you know, from, from achieving that rank of Eagle. Now it's a program that is open to women as well, which is awesome. Um, you know, so there's, I guess there's different fumes now that, you know, but still the earlier you start, the better. And so, you know, we got this kind of early influence from our parents, from, you know, the other mentors and adults that were present in our life that, that just, that was what you did. And, and, and certainly for people who were given opportunity, um, you owed that back to, to pay it forward. Um, you know, in fact, there was a, you know, a, a great quote that I, I was reading this weekend by somebody, I think it was a Woody Hayes speech that he gave at Ohio State. And he talked about how hard it is to actually pay it back. Um, I think it's very hard, right, to, to go and find the people who really helped you and pay it back to them. Um, but what we're called to do is pay it forward. And it's very easy to pay it forward. There are so many opportunities every day to pay it forward. And so I, I think without having heard Woody Hayes' graduation speech, that's kind of been personally for me what I've lived. Uh, you know, I've been given great opportunities all the way through to uh, when I graduated college from Denison University in Ohio, um, you know, I was given the chance to serve as the, the young alumni, the recent student trustee, and that really launched what was sort of a passion for service and giving back into giving me the skills to be a board member. And so I, I was very fortunate at a, at a pretty young age to get exposure to big kind of investment conversations, you know, around a significant endowment, um, to talk at a budget level, to be you know, they let a young alumni, early 20s, be part of senior staff, hire, fire decisions. So it was a, a wild opportunity to sit with Michael Eisner on one side and Bobby Rahal on the other side and, and lots of, you know, very impressive people, you know, around that board. Senator Luger, you know, was a part of that board. And so I learned a ton there. Um, and, and then, you know, I was was ready and willing to sort of take that and run with it to, to try and make contributions to other nonprofits as, as I moved through my career. Well, that story uh, brings up the idea that philanthropy isn't just contributing money. Philanthropy is contributing your expertise or your leadership skills or any of those kinds of things. I mean, we talk about time, talent, and treasure, but I think sometimes people don't think of it in those terms that you're a you're in the wealth management business that those skills translate to helping nonprofits. I think that's exactly right, Wilma. You know, there's a, the, the old adage of you learn, then you earn, then you return. And, you know, and I see that with a lot of my clients and there's nothing wrong, right. With, with that model. I think, you know, maybe most people pursue that model of, you know, you're very focused on sort of setting your path in life 
and you get caught up with, you know, career, graduate school, maybe family, maybe, you know, and, and you're earning, right. And you're kind of focused on that stage. And then you reach a point in life where you're in a position to be able to give back in return. I, I you know, not everybody has, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, the opportunity that I had, uh, but I, I think everyone in, in small ways uh, can try and give back along the way. And, and I think many people, you know, many of my clients, you know, who have had very successful careers, who, you know, who have, you know, immense amounts of wealth that they want to use to make a difference. I think a lot of them wish that they had taken a moment in their 20s or in their 30s to, to engage and get to know these organizations. Because many of them, if we're being honest, Wilma, I, I know in your role, you experienced this. There are a lot of people who just weren't focused there. And so they get to 65 or 75 and they're asking you and me, what organization should I give back and give to, right? And of course, we have great right. ideas for them, but I think it's more, uh, sometimes more genuine when you've been able to build those relationships with nonprofits and, and sort of connect with what moves you over your career and over your lifetime. And you're exactly right. There are some people that are in a position to, to make meaningful financial contributions all through their life. You know, for me, that's been less the case, but it's been more of finding opportunities where I could give back of my time. Um, and, and as I, you know, move through life and as Molly and I, you know, build our, build our family and build our careers, you know, the, the financial piece comes along and, and we anticipate being able to grow that over our lifetime so that we, uh, we hope we're making, we believe we're making, you know, meaningful gifts today. We hope those gifts will be bigger as, as we continue along our career paths. Well, and that word you just used, meaningful. That's really what philanthropy is all about, meaningful for the recipients, but also for the givers. And so do you have a piece of advice for anyone who's looking to find that meaningful way to give as we celebrate philanthropy this week and, and people like uh, you and I hope we celebrate philanthropy all year long? You know, I feel like there are a lot of great resources out there to connect I also, I, I'm on, you know, I'm on this sort of thought track today. I, I do a lot of work in mentoring and helping support high school graduates and college graduates sort of figuring out where to go in life. You know, there's a lot of life that, that you know, where sort of that adage of follow your passion matters. And, and I think that's true with nonprofits. Um, but I think it's also, you know, so, so that's like the, the easy answer, right? It's follow your passion, go figure out what you love and, and pursue that. And that's true. You know, if you love kids, there's tons of kids nonprofits, right? If you love animals, you know, they're, they're, you, know, you know, you can go see my friend Martha Bowden at SPCA. I mean, you know, there's great, you know, nonprofits that support animals and, and uh, you know, and so there's, you know, you know, education, you know, I, I'm, you know, my current passion right now, I'm the vice chair of SPFC, the St. Pete Free Clinic, health. You know, food, you know, and really in the middle of COVID, kind of meeting that need has been a great place to for me to be centered um, and focused. But I'll tell you, you know, if finding your passion doesn't resonate, then I'll tell you this. I think the advice that is true in career search as well as in nonprofits is if you're not sure where your passion is, figure out where you can make a difference. Um, you know, I think there are some people who they like large established organizations where they can make a gift and know that it's going to be efficiently spent. I think there are other people that they want to, they want to have, they want their hands dirty, right? And so sometimes a smaller organization, even if you're not sure it's your passion, right? A place where you know you can make a difference is a really powerful place to start on your path to philanthropy. Because like anything in life, when you see your actions have an impact directly on a kid, 
on somebody in need, on somebody with a disability, right? And you see them smile and you see that impact. That's what, you know, that's the reward that you get, right? As a, as a philanthropist and as a, somebody who gives back in the community. Um, so, so that'd be my answer. Well, and it's a very passionate answer, Greg. And we thank you for all that you do for the community, for what your firm does, and look forward to many more years of working together to invest in the community and make it better. Well, absolutely. And love, love what you all do at the Community Foundation. Really appreciate being included here in Philanthropy Week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week podcast. A special thank you to Community Foundation Tampa Bay for being our presenting patron and for lending us Wilma Norton to host this wonderful storytelling podcast. If you would like more Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can also follow more stories on our website at philanthropytampabay.org. Happy storytelling!